Well, praise the Lord. I looked it up. The pa- uh, Pastor Ms. Hagen are in St. Cloud, Minnesota. St. Cloud. Any of you ever been to St. Cloud, Minnesota? Oh, good, good number of you. I've never been there, so sometime you have to tell me about it. Not right now, but sometime. Praise the Lord. Well, got kind of a, want to do something a little bit interesting tonight. Want to read some scripture from from a couple different translations and comment as we go about looking at this uh, from the Word of God. How many of you are glad for the Word of God? How many of you are thankful for that God's Word is truth? And uh, one of the things that uh, we need to continually remind ourselves of is that the grace of God has restored to the believer the authority over everything connected with sin. Dominion over sin or over all the work of Satan. You know, he is the, he is the, the author of the very first sin when he re- rebelled and spoke out against God in heaven. He was thrust out of heaven with a third of the angels, it appears, from, from reading the scriptures. And that uh, possibly he was, he was the cause of, the, of what some people call the gap between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2. But God re- made, that, made the earth, the Bible says there in Genesis 1. And verse 26, 27, and 28, he said, mankind, God's man, man, how did he make man? Male and female made he them, were to have dominion. Over everything, everything God created. I even like how the King James says it there, dominion over creeps. Oh, I know it says over creeping things. I know, but no, that would be all creeps to me. Amen. But I want us to go to Romans chapter five to start with, and we're going to, we're going to read through chapter six also. Remember, this wasn't written in chapter and verse. Uh, very few of us would sit down unless we, you know, unless you're trying to write like the Bible, you know, is laid out now and you write chapter one and you write your letter to your, but that's kind of impersonal, isn't it? <laughs> but most of the time we write, we write what, just a letter. And this is what Paul has done here as he writes here. We're going to start in the New Living Translation tonight. Uh, I don't know this might be the first ever sermon I preach and I don't read a King James version at all, but uh I've been set free from Doug. No, I've been, I've been, uh, that's a joke. Brother Doug believes that that was it. You know, that if it was good enough for Jesus and the apostle Paul, then it's good enough for us, right? Look at verse 15, uh, Romans 5, 15. But there is a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many. How many know the wages of sin is still death, Right? That's the wages. That's why that brought that in. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ. And the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of the one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation. But God's free gift leads to our being made right with God, even though we are guilty of many sins. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many, to rule or to reign over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. For all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. The Amplified here says, shall reign in life. Not when, we don't, you know, you will not need dominion in heaven. There's no enemy there. 
There's no one, I'm going to tell you right now, there's no one to exercise authority over when you get to heaven. Won't need it there. But right now we need that. And through Jesus Christ, he has brought back to man that man's dominion that man gave up when man decided to disobey God and to rebel against what God said and and at that time died or was separated from God, didn't cease to exist, didn't stop functioning physically, eventually it did. But, uh, uh, but he's contrasting here the two, the two types of people. There's only two groups of people on the earth, those in Adam and those in Christ. Now, those in Adam are dead physically. Now, we're, we didn't stop being in Adam or of Adam because we got born again. We still have this flesh body, right? But because of the grace of God and the gift of righteousness... How many of you know you can't be right in and of yourself? That you, there's nothing that you and I could ever do to make ourselves right with God as far as our own works, our own ability. But he has made a way for all of us to be righteous through the grace of God. And by grace are we saved through faith, right? Through the avenue of faith. Let's start in verse 18 up again. Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone. But Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and new life for everyone. Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. But because one other person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. God's law was given to all, the, all people so all, the, all people could see how sinful they were. But as people sinned more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. So just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death. Now God's wonderful grace rules instead, giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Hallelujah. Let's read that same section of scripture from the passion translation, starting in verse 15. All right. Romans chapter five and verse 15. Now there is no comparison between Adam's transgression and the gracious gift that we experience For the magnitude of the gift far outweighs the crime. It's true that many died because of one man's transgression, but how much greater will God's grace and his gracious gift of acceptance overflow to many because of what one man, Jesus the Messiah, did for us. And this free-flowing gift imparts to us much more than what was given to us through the one who sinned. For because of one transgression, we are all facing a death sentence with a verdict of guilty. But this gracious gift leaves us free from our many failures and brings us into a perfect righteousness of God, acquitted with the words, not guilty. Death once held us in its grip, and by the blunder of one man, death reigned as king over humanity. But now, that's like saying, but God, glory to God. But now, how much more are we held in the grip of grace and continue reigning as kings in life, enjoying our regal freedom, through the gift of perfect righteousness in the one and only Jesus, the Messiah. In other words, just as, God's, uh, just as condemnation came upon all people through one transgression, so through one righteous act of Jesus' sacrifice, the perfect righteousness that makes us right with God and leads us to victory, victorious life, is now available to all. One man's disobedience opened the door for all humanity to become sinners. So also one man's obedience opened the door for many to be made perfectly right with God and acceptable to him. So then the law was introduced into God's plan to bring the reality of human sinfulness out of hiding. And yet wherever sin increased, there was more than enough of God's grace to triumph all the more. 
And just as sin reigned through death, so this sin-conquering grace, I like that phrase, sin-conquering grace will reign as kings through righteousness, imparting eternal life through Jesus, our Lord and Messiah. So you can see the contrast there of, of the two lives. In Adam, which represents our flesh, we were held in bondage to sin. Literally, literally uh, slaves to sin and to the sin nature. But because of the grace of God, which was greater than sin, because of that, because of the obedience of Jesus Christ and what Jesus did through his death, burial, and resurrection, his seating at the right hand of God, we who once were sinners are now made the righteousness of God in Christ. Glory to God. Amen. And we're no longer, we're no longer under a, the dominion of sin. We are under the dominion of grace and we now reign in life through Jesus Christ. Reign in life over what? All that sin is and produces. In other words, we could say this. Brother Hagin used to talk about this. He said, some, he said, especially here in chapter 6, 5, 6, 7, and 8, as you read this in the book of Romans, when you see the term sin there, just put Satan in there. Because the sin nature is of Satan. So we reign in life over Satan, glory to God, and all of his works, which are a result of sin. Well, what are those works? Well, what's the result? Well, first of all, was death, right? Separation from God. Thank God I'm no longer, gonna, I'm no longer separated from God. Just that alone causes me to reign. God, why? God for me. God with me. Hallelujah. Nothing can separate. God before me, who could be against me? He said he'd never leave us nor forsake us. We're on the winning side. We're more than conquerors through Christ that loved us, through that grace. We've got to, we've got to accept what God said and then learn, learn to practice the dominion and authority that we have over Satan. Now, I want you to think about this. Forfeited, I mean, authority unacted upon is forfeited authority. You could have all the authority in the world, but if you don't ever act on it, it's not going to benefit you whatsoever. Isn't that right? That's like having benefits. You know, we've got, there's benefits. Uh, you know, the psalmist said, the psalmist said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits, who, who, who forgives all thy sins, who heals all your diseases. See, those are benefits of having relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, let's pick up now in chapter 6 and go back to the New Living Translation. You know, because when you preach this way, and I heard a, I heard a, uh, a preacher one time saying this, and he said, you know, if you, don't, if, if you preach grace correctly from the Bible, people are going to start asking the question, well, what does that mean? Should we just, can we just go ahead and do what we want and sin then because of grace? He said, but then you've got to be just as quick as Paul was to answer that question. God forbid. It's almost like, have you lost your mind? What's he say in chapter one here? Chapter six, verse one. What, well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we've died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when you were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? When we died, we were buried with Christ by baptism that just 
as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Now, the word baptism means to be fully immersed in, and there's a lot of different, there's different aspects of this, different doctrine of baptism, not just water baptism, but even in water baptism, the going into the water, fully immersed in the water is being put into the death of Christ. The old man is crucified with him and we're buried with him by baptism. But when we come up out of the water, it's a symbolic act of we're raised with him to newness of life. And he says, that, he says, verse four, for we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the father, now we also may live new lives. Since we have been united with him in, this de- in his death, we sh- will also be raised to life as he was. Now, I want you, now, here, now here's something along with this. See, well, I thought you were talking about dominion. Only people who have life exercise dominion. On this earth, there is no, if you don't have the life of God in you, you have no dominion over the works of sin and of Satan. You're under his dominion. So that's why we, ought to learn, we have to work, learn to walk in this newness of life. There in Ephesians, he said, he said, put off the old man, which is corrupt, but put on the new man, which is created in righteousness and true holiness. He didn't say, now we're born again. He does that, but we have to put on that new man. We have to walk in the newness of life. Verse number six, we know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin may lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. That's another way of saying we're no longer under the dominion of sin. Now here again, that's, we could say it this way. We're no longer under the dominion of Satan. Well, let me say it another way. We're no longer under the dominion of, of sin, sickness and disease, poverty and lack, oppression and bondage of any kind. We're no longer under the dominion of it. Amen. But you know, you, you talk to Christians that they're born again and, 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 and they're struggling with things, but this is, a, this is a treatise, if you will. This is God's way to live free from the bondages of life. There is no bondage in Christ. There is no bondage in God. In Christ, we have freedom. Verse seven, for when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. Or the authority of it. Since we died with Christ, we know we also shall live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you should also consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, one of the things that we've learned, that we've learned around here, is these things, we, 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 we partake of these things through faith. Through faith. Now, one part of faith is, is that we have to know how to release our faith. And in order to properly release our faith, we have to do what Pastor Hagen talked about, renewing of our mind. Renew our mind, renew, get ourselves, get our thinking st- uh, correct, and then start speaking what the Word of God says about us. Amen. Now, unfortunately, a lot of folks here, you know, as I said, Christians read this and say, well, okay, but. Unless you're saying, but God, you're misusing but. B-U-T. Come on now. Amen. 
Because anytime you use that, you're, you're saying what just came before doesn't apply to you. Well, the Bible says you're free from all the dominion of sin. Yeah, but. See, you just said that what I just said didn't apply to you, yet the Word of God says it does apply to you. You know, I, I, when we were there when I, on staff at the church in Kentucky, the pastor there had, grew up there, and so everybody knew him. Everybody knew him. In fact, he had probably, uh, you know, bought pitchers and beer and kegs and for all of them to get drunk with when they, when they were growing up. I mean, these, all these guys knew, because nobody ever left there. I'm serious. The whole county had about 10,000 people. There were people that had never been out of that county their entire life, and they're adults. All right, that type of, you know, thing. But, you know, he'd, go to, he'd talk to some friends, you need to come on to church. Oh, I can't come to church. If I ever came in your church, the walls would fall down. Ah. And he, he just looked at me and said, there's no VIP sinners. You are not so important that what Jesus did doesn't apply to you. Yeah, but no, no. Get over your pride. Get over yourself. You, are, you, you have no right to say what Jesus did doesn't apply to you. You can say it. I mean, you can say it if you want. And you can believe it if you want. But you're a liar. Because God's word says it's true. So quit being a liar. Now, if you want to say, I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm trying to figure out how to apply this. I'm, I'm working on it. Yeah, we all understand that. But that's why he said, call things that be not as though they were. I have dominion over sin, the habit of sin, any habit of sin in my life. I have dominion over it. I have dominion over sickness and disease. I have dominion over poverty and lack. I rule and reign over oppression and depression and bondage of any kind. Not because of me, but because of the grace of God that causes us to reign in righteousness in this life. You won't need victory over depression in heaven. There's none there. You won't need freedom from fear in heaven. There's none there. Glory to God. Verse 12, do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God, for you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live live under the freedom of God's grace. Now, the King James talks about yielding, learning how to yield your members. Don't yield any longer to sin, but yield your members as instruments of righteousness. Now, here's the the how-to on this, okay? You've got to get out of your head and down into your spirit. You've got to let this life flow out of you. We've got a well of life living on the inside of us, springing up into everlasting life, a well of living water, the Bible said. And you're not going to ever figure this out with your brain. I don't care how smart you are. Amen. In fact, I've seen people that have really high IQs that they're just so confused about God, they might as well not even have an IQ at all. They might have a zero IQ. They're so confused about God. They're so intellectualized. They're almost educated beyond their common sense. Now, if you're smart, praise the Lord. 
But if you're more, if you're more smart than the Bible, you're dumb. Amen. I'm pointing at me just more, just more than I am you. When the Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar, that every man is tad first. I have to apply that to me first. And I have, to, I have to say, no, no, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. Amen. Glory to God. Verse 15, well then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean we can go on sinning? Of course not. Don't you realize that, that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Thank God. Once you were slaves of sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching we've given you. Now you are free from your slavery to sin, and you've become slaves to righteous living. Because of the weakness of your human nature, I'm using the illustration of slavery to help you understand all this. Previously, you let yourselves be slaves to impurity and lawlessness, which led ever deeper into sin. Now you must give yourselves to be slaves to righteous living so that you will become holy. And when you are slaves to sin, when you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation to do right. And what was the result? You are now ashamed of those, the things you used to do, things that end in eternal doom. But you now are free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God. Now you do those things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now let's, let's pick up in verse uh, 15 here in the Passion Translation. Romans six fifteen. What are we to do then? How many of you like, we're not just talking theory here. What are we, how do we do this? What are we to do then? Should we sin to our heart's content since there's no law to condemn us anymore? What a terrible thought. Don't you realize that grace frees you to choose your own master? But choose carefully for you surrender yourselves to become a servant bound to the one you choose to obey. If you choose to love sin, it will become your master. It will own you and reward you with death. But if you choose to love and obey God, he will lead you into perfect righteousness. Glory to God. And thanks be to God. For in the past you were servants of sin, but now, everybody say, but now, your obedience is heart deep. See, that's what I'm saying. We've got to get down on the inside, on the inside of us and live out of the, the life that's in us. And your life is being molded, molded by truth through the teaching you're devoted to. And now you celebrate your freedom from, uh, from your former master's sin. You've left its bondage, and now God's perfect righteousness holds power over you as his loving servants. I've used familiar terms of servant and master to con- compensate for your weakness to understand. For just as you surrendered your bodies and souls to impurity and lawlessness, which only brought more lawlessness into your lives, so now... Surrender yourselves as servants of righteousness, which brings you deeper into true holiness. For when you were bound as servants to sin, you lived your lives free from any obligation to righteousness. So tell me what benefit ensued from doing those things you're now ashamed of. It left you with nothing but a legacy of shame and death. But now, as God's loving servants, you live in joyous freedom from the power of sin. So consider the benefits you now enjoy. You're brought deeper into the experience of true holiness that ends with eternal life. For sin's meager wages, wages is death. But God's lavish gift is life eternal, found in your union with our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. Glory to God. One more different translation starting in verse 15, the Message Bible here. 
I appreciate what these translators and these different ones have done in bringing out this aspect of the power of God's grace to us. You know, uh, I thank God for the grace of God. How many of you are happy and thankful for the grace of God? Amen. But there's, you know, there's more in the Bible than just the grace of God. So you can't make, don't ever make your part the whole. Paul said, I know, we are know in part and we prophesy in part. Well, if Paul said that about himself, how many of you know his part was probably a little bit bigger than ours? Uh, we know it's bigger than these, he said, because I'm having to, basically, he said, I'm, I'm really making it simple so you can understand it because you've got a weakness of understanding. One place Paul said, I, I want to tell you these things, but you're carnal, you can't even bear it because you're carnal. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. But uh, what happens so many times, if we're not careful, we end up making our part the whole. And uh, that, that will never work. You, I, just, I know in part and I see in part. And so I thank God for what I do know. I thank God for what I see. It's increasing all the time, but it's not the whole. Right? Now, you know, ministers are called and raised up, some of them especially, not at the local church necessarily, but in the pastor. The pastor kind of has to preach everything at times, you know, and, and do that. But a lot of traveling ministers, different things of that sort, and, uh, church, and ministers that we know of and that we love and appreciate, God gives them certain things to, to uh, focus on in order to emphasize that in the body of Christ. But none of them, you, you say, well, that was, well, they're a grace preacher or they're a faith preacher. Is there, there's a, is there a difference? For by grace you're saved through faith. You can't, if you don't have grace, you can't have faith. If you don't have faith, you're not going to receive anything from grace. So what's the, I mean, seriously, but that's, just like, that's just like saying, well, I'm of Paul or I'm of Apollos. You know, you're carnal. We are. When we start making that division like that, let's all work together. Let's bring the word of God together. Whatever, let, let me add your revelation to what I got as long as I see it in the word. I, now, listen, I'm not asking you to believe anything because I say it. You believe it because you see it in the Word of God. Now, there's a lot of things that I say that I believe are true, and I'm willing to wait till we get to heaven for Jesus to tell you Tad was right. All right, I got you back on my side. Now, all right, verse 15. So since we're out from under the old tyranny, does that mean we can live any old way we want? Since we're free in the freedom of God, can we do anything that comes to mind? Hardly. You know well enough from your own experience that there are some acts of so-called freedom that destroy freedom. Oh, boy. Offer yourselves to sin, for instance, and it's your last free act. But offer yourselves to the ways of God and the freedom that never quits. All your lives, you've let sin tell you what to do. But thank God you've started listening to a new master. One whose commands set you free to live openly in his freedom. I'm using this freedom language because it's easy to picture. You can readily recall, can't you, how at one time the more you did just what you felt like doing, not caring about others, not caring about God, the worse your life became and the less freedom you had. Boy, watch the world, watch what's going on in the world right now. Now, one thing, I will say this, one thing that's going on in the world is the great, what I call the great setup. What's it mean? It's setting all things up for God and the people of God to move in with the gospel message and this last day revival. It's happening. But the more they go on about freedom, their kind of freedom, the less freedom they have. Have you ever thought, have you noticed that? That the more freedom they say they're given, the, less, the more they're taken away. Well, we know why, because that's of the devil. 
No, I didn't say anybody was demon-possessed or any of that. Don't go out of here and say, you know. I'm just saying with that, understand this. What we see happening, God, God is greater than all of it. Amen. Thank God. Let's pray for, let's pray for those in leadership. In our government, in our churches, all over. Let's pray for them. Let's believe God. Hallelujah. Well, he says here, uh, uh, he said, he said, the worse your life became, the less freedom you had. Now he's talking about before we came to Christ and how much different is it now? Everybody say now, right now, as you live in God's freedom, your life, your lives healed and expansive in holiness. As long as you did what you felt like doing, ignoring God, you didn't have to bother with right thinking or right living or right anything for that matter. But do you call that a free life? What did you get out of it? Nothing you're proud of now. Where did it get you? A dead end. But now that you found, now that you found you don't have to listen to sin tell you what to do and have discovered the delight of listening to God telling you what a surprise, a whole healed, put together life right now with more and more life on the way. Now see, you're, as you're reading that, I know exactly, I know because I can, I can, I can hear it. I can hear people say it. Well, my life's not whole and put together right now. That's because you keep going on about how it's not whole and put together. Amen. I cannot, I cannot think or talk. Now I'm not talking about positive thinking and positive, but I cannot think and talk defeat when I spend time with God, who is the victor, who gives me the victory. I can't, I can't think defeat. It gets, I mean, you know, when it comes, it, it's a, that's, that's become foreign to my thinking. But it takes time, amen? It takes time. I thank God years ago, see, what's this, what, so 39 years ago, I was getting ready to graduate from Rhema here. And during that, my time at school here, I had the opportunity to, to uh, play athletics. I, I played on our city softball team with Pastor Hay. He played with us sometime. And I also played on the uh, basketball uh, league team and played with him and so got to know him. And I, I, I saw him, you know, uh, uh, as he played. And he just doesn't talk about he doesn't like to lose. He doesn't like to lose. <laughs> Brother Bill, Amen. He doesn't like, I mean, we play, when I moved back here in 20, uh, 2000, in the year 2000, he's still playing intramural sports and have got playing and Pastor Bill's on team. He, oh, he did not like to, we don't know. Doesn't like to lose. And I'll tell you what, he cannot be defeated and he will never quit. Amen. Then you say, well, that's just a personality trait. No, that's a godly trait. Don't ever quit till you win. Did you grow up with that kid that it was his ball and his bat and he got to swing at it until he hit it? Why? It's my bat, my ball. If I don't get to hit it the way I want it, I'm going home. Well, we're free from the devil. Satan, keep pitching it in here and throw it right here, right here. That's where I like it. And if you don't, I'm going to come out there with the bat and beat you with it. Then you're going to throw it where I want it. You don't have to be nice to the devil. A hole healed, put together life. So you might have to start saying that every day. I have a whole healed, put together life and more on the way. Whoo. My body is whole 
healed, and put together with more on the way. My mind is whole, healed, and put together with more on the way. Glory to God. He said, work hard for sin your whole life, and your pension is death. But, get, but God's gift is real life, eternal life, delivered by Jesus, our master. See, that's a life of dominion. We reign in life. Because, listen, we wouldn't need to reign in life if there wasn't something to reign over. Why would you need authority if there's nothing to have authority? But there is. We have an enemy. His name's Satan. And he's real. And we need to take him serious because he is good at being the devil. I'll say that about him. Right? And this world system is, is flowing that direction away from God. From, from the time man sinned, the world started flowing away from God. And here we are going back towards our source, turning our canoe and our ship back around. You know, the, if you ever canoed before and you got half, you ever get it turned sideways and now you're perpendicular to the current, <laughs> that's a good time to dump over in the water, isn't it? If you just keep working, you got to keep working hard to get going back upstream if you want to go upstream. That's where the source is. That's where we're headed towards God. The world's going that way. We're going that way. We want to grab as many of them as we can. Get them turned around. I, that's why we need a, I need a bigger boat so I can fit more people in it. Now, I'm not talking about your boat you go to the lake in. I'm not talking about that kind of boat. I'm talking about this boat of life. This gospel ship. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, you have dominion. So where does it start? Exercising dominion? Over, no, exercising dominion in my own life, in your own life. Over sin. Listen, if you've got habits you're trying to get rid of, start speaking to them with the dominion that you have in Jesus' name. Start t- tell them you're dead to it. And if I've died to you, I can't, I can't participate with you any longer. I'm, di- I'm dead to you. And you're dead to me. And I'm going I'm to walk in newness of life. My life is whole, amen, healed, and put together. I like how he said that in the Message Bible. Glory to God. Let's all stand up on our feet. Praise the Lord. Well, hallelujah. How many of you love God's word? Amen. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands and thank God for his word. Father, we just thank you and praise you for your holy written word. Holy Spirit, teach us and guide us, lead us into the truth. Bring these things to our remembrance. Bring the word of God to our remembrance, Father God, as we stand in that place. And Father, Holy Spirit, move us as we're filled with you to speak out the answer, to speak out the direction to call things that be not as though they were and speak the word of God concerning every situation. Father, help us to take our thoughts captive and to not live into, in the, into servanthood and bondage to sin, but to live under the master's hand, the Lord Jesus Christ, and under his direction, for he is our victory. Thank you, Father God, for helping us to reign in life through Jesus Christ. We give you all the praise and glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. One of the ways that God told us we, should, we could reign in life, first of all, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're not reigning in life. You can't in and of yourself. You need Jesus. The Bible, the Bible talks about how Jesus came and became a man like us so he could die on our behalf. And because of what Jesus did, God's not holding anything against you. Jesus reconciled God to us. Now, we need to be reconciled to him. Come to him. He'll no wise cast you out. Jesus 
God so loved you that he sent his son. But he just didn't die for us. He rose again so that we might walk in newness of life. And the Bible says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, that's make him, I confess you as my Lord, my master, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you would be saved. If that's you, you need to come down here right now. Ladies, come to the ladies, men to the men. Come on down here. Let them pray with you. Let them lead you into that prayer so that you might know Jesus Christ. If you've let sin have dominion over your life, just go to God. Say, God, I need this, that was wrong. I've let sin reign over me, and I'm no longer. I'm your child. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Thank you for cleansing me from these, this unrighteousness that, I, that I've allowed in my life. I thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. But as I said, one of the ways that God has helped us to reign in life is that he's, he's given us brothers and sisters in Christ. And we can join together and pray the prayer of agreement and pray one for another. And as we do that, we help each of, a, each of us walk in the dominion and in the victory that has been provided for us through Jesus Christ. So if you need prayer tonight for anything, ladies, come to the ladies, men to the men. They'll pray with you according to the word of God because that's where answers are. Glory to God. Amen. So Wednesday night, hour of power. Don't forget. And then did we mention uh, the, the service on Friday? Yeah, Friday, one, one o'clock for Rodney, Rodney Meek. Winifred Rogers, his mother, and Harold Meek, who's worked here as security here at Raymond for years and years and years, his brother. And that memorial service will be this Friday at one o'clock here in the chapel. So come on out and support them. Do we have, we had some first time guests, praise the Lord, welcome. Give them a big hand clap, praise God. We're so glad that you're here tonight. Come on back, amen. You, you definitely want to be here when Pastor Hagen's here and hear our great pastor preach the word of God. Hallelujah. All right, shake hands with several folks before you leave tonight. Let them know you're, you're glad they're in the family of God in Jesus' name, amen. If you need prayer, come on down.